It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. Line with us this morning, the Southwest Air and Heat Hotline is Brent Howard. Good morning, Senator Howard. Welcome. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me today. So, how you been doing? Uh, pretty good. Like you said, we've got rain in the forecast, so that always brightens my day and a lot of the constituents around here as well. So, I'm showing on the mezzanine eighty nine hundredths. About that's almost nine tenths of an inch of rain yesterday at the Altus area. Yes. Is that kind of what you got? Uh, well, our farm is out northeast. My brother uh, said that between seven-tenths to three-quarters of an inch. So we're just a little bit below that. But uh, more, it uh, sounds like it's raining outside right now. So That's good. We'll yeah, keep it coming. There's a system moving in right now from the Texas Panhandle. So, yeah. Uh, and it looks like I was uh, Hollis got like an inch and 72 hundredths yesterday so that's a pretty good amount of rain yeah and that part of the state. you know i always look up there that fair eric uh, elk city area too for the uh, watershed into luger and uh, that was over an inch and a half if i recall yes inch and 47 so hundreds at uh, cheyenne so not bad yeah. all right so let's talk politics a little bit you're uh, getting ready to uh, get into session before we know it. Uh, it's hard to believe you're preparing for it right now as we speak. How are things going? Uh, things are going pretty well. Uh, we've started passing deadlines already. Uh, our bill request deadline was last Friday, and the Senate implemented a new budgetary fiscal deadline of this Friday. So uh, can talk about that. I'm chair of a subcommittee that does appropriations and budgets for public safety and judiciary agencies. And we started having those meetings and going through requests of what those agencies need and otherwise working on some language and, and following up on interim studies. So the president pro tem of the Senate's proposing more transparency in the Senate. Do you think that's going to work? And that's particularly on the budget. Yes. Uh, I it's going to take a lot more uh, time and involvement and in digging in from all members of our legislature uh, on the Senate side, I think, to be able to, to get it to work uh, like it's proposed uh, before, as you know, we've been up in there. And as most people assume, uh, there's really less people involved in the budget than you would think, because a lot of that just gets put onto the budget chairs, those that are uh, the actual chair and the vice chair. The Senate proposal for this year is to actually farm out two subcommittees. Um, in the past, I've made recommendations. So I've met with my agencies being a, a chairman of a subcommittee on budget. And <clears throat> my recommendations basically go into the, the negotiation side for our Senate chair and vice chair to then talk about with the, the House. So how that's going to change this year is, um, I'm going to make my recommendations to the full appropriations committee. And uh, my recommendations are going to be based upon what my subcommittee members say. So, for instance, uh, DPS, which is Department of Public Safety, which mainly people think of as the Highway Patrol, but they have a few other functions. Uh, but that's the biggest part of it. They're coming in. They're asking for some raises. They're asking for uh, continued SEP raises. They're asking for some some matching on some of the support personnel um, and then they're also asking for uh, a few more infrastructure projects 
radio transportation uh, as well as I think they've got another building. So I'll look at that. I have a subcommittee member that's going to look into it, talk, and then see where past comparisons are, where we compare against other states. And we might say that we recommend that full amount, and then we will make that presentation to the full A and B committee. And the hope is that that will happen with each agency board and commission, with every member of the uh, Senate subcommittees, which is really all of us um, that are senators. And then by March 20th to, to April 1st, there actually be a executive uh, a Senate proposal of each agency what we're going to go in for our recommendations and negotiations. So, um, the governor does similar with his executive budget, you know, that's released in uh, January. Uh, this would just be the Senate budget where we think things have gone through with input from all members. So that's going to take more work on, on the budget <clears throat> members' part, I would say, with more time. It already takes some time, but this will extend that, I would think. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be more about sharing the load. A lot of people that have gone up there and said, you know, I've been focused on this policy or this issue, don't really want to get involved in the budget other than uh, what comes through as final product. Product. They're going to have to get, get their hands a little more dirty earlier in the process rather than just waiting for a final project to come through. You know, in the past... So it's going to make everybody... Go ahead. Involved in that. So, so I was just going to say it's going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. So in the past, there have been proposals just to do the budget every year and policy every other year. Uh, do you think that that would help? Is that something you could support? Uh, I don't. I think we should do the budget every two years just to have more stability on it. And then maybe policy just every other year. I think if we could do those. Uh, unless there's an emergency need that could get like two-thirds vote of the legislature on policy. Uh, I think a lot of times we get too bogged down into trying to micromanage everything, but I think that there are some times that that need arises and needs to be addressed. Very good. We're going to take a break. We're talking to Senator Brent Howard this morning, and we'll be back with more as we continue uh, coming to you live from the from, um Altus, Oklahoma, as well as right here at the right time for Western Oklahoma. Howdy, neighbors. Ron Hayes for Go Bob Pipe and Steel. Go Bob is having an end-of-the-year clearance sale. That means discounts, big discounts. Everything on the yard is marked down. We've got several portable corral systems that have got to go, including AeroQuip, Diamond W, and Cattle Flow Bud Boxes for up to $1,500 off. We've got eight 10-bale accumulators to get rid of. Those are marked down $900 and will sell fast. We have electric fence on sale, and we've got cattle scales. Here's our end-of-the-year special. You get two 3,300-pound load bars, a scale head, and a rechargeable data collector. Everything you need for 1000 bucks. That's a 41% discount. Supply is limited. Remember, everything is on sale. Trailers, squeeze chutes, alleys, crowding tops, continuous fence, heavy-duty gates, and pre-cut posts, just to name a few, at Go Bob Pipe and Steel. These best deals will go first. Don't wait until the sales stock's been picked over. Call today, 877-851-2365. Shop in Western Oklahoma this holiday season. Hi, I'm Julie Caldwell, Chamber President for the Clinton Chamber of Commerce. And I want to challenge you to shop local this holiday season. Let's support the businesses in our community that support us every day. Invest in Clinton and shop local. When you shop local, you're supporting good works in our community. 
Studies show that nonprofits receive 250% more from small businesses than bigger corporations. So keep it local this Christmas. A reminder from Corn Bible Academy, Janning Welding, and Market 54. Honest, hardworking company installing reliable center pivots. Waterworks Irrigation takes the killer water electricity mix out of irrigation, offering simple pivots, easy to understand and maintain with constant smooth movement to eliminate gearbox damage due to constant start-stop cycles. With TNL, there's no need for an electrician on staff. Just a few simple wrenches and an unlimited free phone support will keep you up and running on your schedule. Find them on Facebook. Waterworks Irrigation, making rain reliable. This Christmas season, let's take a moment to reflect on the true meaning of this time of the year. Hello, this is Briley Baca with Advanced Financial Strategies in Clinton. As we gather with loved ones and exchange gifts, let's not forget the greatest gift of all, the blessings the Lord has provided. Christmas is a time to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the embodiment of God's love and grace. In the midst of the festive lights and spending time with those we love, let's remember the profound blessings that surround us every day. In the spirit of the season, let's extend a helping hand to those in need, just as the Lord has blessed us. Whether it's donating to charity or simply spreading kindness, let's be a beacon of light for others. So this Christmas, let's celebrate the true meaning, the love, compassion, and blessings that the Lord has bestowed upon us. From our family to yours, may this Christmas be a reminder of the abundant blessings that surround us. Merry Christmas, everyone. Brian Vacca and Briley Vacca are investment advisor representatives of an advisory services offered through Royal Fund Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. 19 minutes after 7 o'clock, and on the Southwest Ernie Hotline with us this morning is uh, Senator Brent Howard. Senator, uh, got to look at this national scene. Give, me, give us your thoughts of where we're headed. We're, we're less than a year away now from the uh, national election. Are you watch, uh, watching the debates? You got any thoughts about... Uh, your favorite candidate so far? Well, I had uh, come out early and endorsed DeSantis, so what that means or not, I think that he's done a great job as executive of Florida and is young, um, but looking at the polling, doesn't look like anybody stands a chance with Trump on the Republican side, um, and I think on the Democrat side, it looks like everything's kind of paved the way for uh, Biden did not really have any challenge. I think that his health holds and we'll have a repeat of the 2020 election, uh, if you will, with Trump and Biden in the in the November election. That's uh, what I think. A big difference between the election um, four years ago and the one this one in the sense that uh, things aren't going real great for most people. Inflation's high. The border crisis going on. What do you you think? I mean, does Trump have a chance of beating Biden this time? Polls are indicating he might. Well, I I think that he should. It's going to come down to uh, economy pushes a lot of it, and the announcement last uh, just yesterday. I don't know if it was last night or if it was here in the afternoon. I didn't get around to reading it, but they're looking at. Uh, coming back into quantitative easing, so lowering of interest rates, at least three scheduled or projected rate decreases over the next year, which you know are going to take place in probably February, April, and, and June, uh, so that that free money or flowing money happens by the time November. Um, I've talked with another economist, and actually was it was at a physical institute um, through NCSL, 
that was the, the money's out there. It's just kind of being held in savings, and people are, are have been scared to spend any part of it. Um, and everything's kind of gone up with the inflationary numbers. So he says that a lot of it's more just perception. I, I don't believe that. I mean, I'm seeing it actually in pocketbook, but um, the, the overall and the statistics say that at some point there's going to be a push through. I think the really the biggest challenge is going to be our foreign relations and uh, how those continue on. Uh, more Americans, I think, are going to get woken up to the issues that arise from uh, Russia still being aggressive, China taking its aggressive stances towards its neighbors, not just Taiwan, but also it looks like Vietnam is in crosshairs, and then everything that's going on right in the Middle East with Israel, who's our biggest ally and should continue to be our biggest ally, um, whether they get put into it or not. So I, it, it's going to get really complicated. <clears throat> I think if it just goes to the economy, there's going to be enough manipulation that Biden stands as a chance. If all these other world things start falling apart, then I think uh, the U.S. comes back to wanting a stronger leader, and there's no doubt that Trump was that strong man in the office, and, and that can overcome. So I, I think there's a chance both ways, but uh, I think we'll keep pulled over eyes, and, <laughs> and, and we continue on, and we have the same battle that we had four years ago. So a lot of uh, some political signs. Whether it's personality. Yeah. Some some political scientists are saying that uh, this is very similar to 1980 when when Reagan was elected by landslide because of Carter being president and some of the uh, uh, the economy and similar circumstances. Do you do you agree with that? Do you think this 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 is the same kind of situation? Ooh, I hadn't thought of it, but just the parallels that uh, I went through. Uh, do seem to match up with what I've, you know, observed through the history and, and that conflict in the Middle East. You have um, Iran at that time becoming more and more emboldened. I think you have the same thing here. Uh, China is the biggest sector, and then yeah, Malays and stagflation, which really I think better describes the economy we're going through. Um, so yeah, that could be could be very much a factor of it. And I think that it it would be, um, if you come just to that, though, I think you're, it's really going to come back down to just the personalities. Uh, there were, Ronald Reagan was well-liked as a person. There are still quite a few people that do not like Donald Trump as a person and will not vote for him because of that. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's a love-hate but, uh, type relationship uh, with people as far as uh, Trump is concerned, whereas um, Reagan didn't have that. They never did, really, yeah, through, throughout his career as as president. I mean, there are people well, who didn't like him. Win one for the him. Gipper, right? I mean, yeah. He was... You know, the uh, President Reagan had a different view on what the government's job was, and I think one of his most recognizable traits was the fact that he always went back to what constitutional issues were about and what the role, true role of the government was all about. I don't see that in our Republican leaders these days. I, I really don't. I don't see a Ronald Reagan on the stage. Good, good, um, good point. Mustafa, I would, I would agree with you on, on some of those aspects. So it's what has me most worried about both factions of government 
uh, or both parties right now. Um, used to, you could almost say that, that any of those Republicans were small government and really wanted to keep government out. Now I see quite a few within my own party, even at the state level, that we're not opposed to big government as long as it's our government. Uh, you know, we don't want the liberal ideas coming in, but if it's forcing conservative, then we'll we'll take it uh, rather than letting those decisions be made more locally. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. We're talking about the fact that it seems like at least there, there's ideologues on both sides of the fence and nothing's getting done right now and, and on a national level because the, the margin in the House and Senate are so thin. Oh, yeah. And and House keeps getting smaller. By the start of next year, it's going to be down to, what, two? Yeah, I think so. Uh, McCarthy's uh, bowing out the first of the year and, 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 and then, you know, uh, one member. Santos was just yeah, expelled. Santos expelled, so that's two less Republicans. So they're down to just a couple of members. How, do, how yeah. does the the Speaker Johnson fit into your your thoughts, uh, Senator? Well, I mean, he's an unknown commodity to me, and I think to a lot of people, uh, his political history. I think he was motivated to run based upon some of those issues uh we're just going to have to see ultimately you know the old saying is power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely so um he's gonna i I think had a good pedigree into the start of it as far as holding to some of these core principles uh but him being able to build a coalition and then be able to maintain it i don't see that really being long term I like and, uh, uh, I like some able to, I like some of the things he's saying. Uh, he was on uh, the other night on one of the stations talking about uh, the fact that he needs to. Uh, he he says that until we get this border crisis, there's some money there to help protect our border, and he's not going to support money for Ukraine. And I like that. Yeah, we've. Uh... We've spent more money overseas in the last three years to build border protections than we've uh, expended on our own. So uh, that is a good stance to take. Well, Senator Howard, any other – we've got a couple of minutes. Anything you'd like to, to uh, talk about this morning or bring up before we get out of here? Well, um, I don't – right now the people that I'm most hearing from still are having concerns about infrastructure. So we're still looking at some of those. Uh, mainly roads and then have one bridge kind of in the southeast part of the district that's having a lot of issues. Um, have had people reach out about DOT and kind of status along your main highways. So we're still looking at that. I think that we, you know, have an, a good budget outlook for the state. We're going to look at trying to increase, uh, at least my goal is to look at increasing our infrastructure spends. Um, Along the second lines is related to education, and of course uh, Ryan Walters at the the front of that. Uh, hear a lot of people discussions on him, and really think that he's still making a lot of politics about it, uh, more so than what's really in in reality out in our schools. And then with uh, Stitt's executive order yesterday removing DEI from college universities. Uh, at least the public ones, any funding for that, uh, are issues that uh, still are at the forefront and battling kind of some of this um, 
political and uh, personality. But uh, next session, I think overall is going to be pretty good. We're still gearing up. We're looking at a lot of legislation to be filed in the language. So if anybody has input on those, uh, feel free to reach out, brent.howard at oksenate.gov. Uh, because right now my, my time at the Capitol is still limited unless I'm in those budget hearings. So uh, sending me an email is the best way for me to have your thoughts and be able to represent you as senator for this area. Very good. So I uh, appreciate you being on the program this morning. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll thank you. We'll always like you. being on. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, I don't want to get out without being able to say that to everybody up there and uh, wish you a Happy New Year. And your family doing well? We are. We've had some sickness going around. Actually, RSV for our daughter, but uh, they said that quite a few out of her daycare have the same thing. Well, Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. And, uh, man, the best. Thank you so much. The one subject I will bring up next time is going to deal with the minimum wage and how it affects our budget. And uh, we have no time now. We'll look forward to that next visit. Very good. Thank you for All being right. thanks for Thank being you. on the program this morning. Senator Brent Howard, District uh, is it thirty eight? Is that right? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Yes, yeah, sir. I thought I had that right. Uh, you know, it's hard for us to remember the numbers. I know you guys are familiar with your district number, but, <laughs> but the lay, lay people know it's the southwestern part of the state, including uh, Altus and Cordell. Yep. All right. All the way down. Thanks for right, talking. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us. Senator Brett Howard on the program this morning. He's always interesting, a person to talk to. I know you'd bring this minimum wage thing back up again. Yeah, I do so when it concerns numbers, and this is a number guy. Well, the senator certainly. But they're not going to do anything in the House and Senate about minimum wage. Well, that's all going to be done. That they've got this petition out there that, that so, they're want, trying to raise the minimum wage on. So far you have 22 states that, as of January the 1st of 24, We'll have this forced on them. And I think it's coming from a national thing. But at any rate, we are independent out of here. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.